Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter. It is the image of the vine and the branches. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it to make it bear more fruit. You already have been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My, my, sorry, we done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I drive a long distance and I don't quite know where I'm going, I will use the Google Maps app on my phone and I will have it plugged into a car charger. I'll be driving along and the Google Maps app will tell me where to go, give me the head ups. It works really well. One of the times about a year ago, I was driving for a medical appointment down at Rush and I'd gotten all the way down there. The app had worked beautifully. I had to wait a little bit before I went in for my appointment. And when I was done with everything and about to head back to Chicago, I realized my phone was dead. I thought, well, how did that happen? It was in the charger the whole time. When I went back to my car, I realized that although my phone had been plugged into the charger, the charger end wasn't really down into the socket. Some of you are nodding. Okay, so I'm not the only one this has happened to. Thank you for bailing me out. I felt really dumb. <laughs> and the point is just, it's really easy to get disconnected. <laughs> we feel like we're connected. We feel like we're getting the energy and strength we need. And sometimes we're disconnected, and we've fallen away from the source of our power and our strength. Jesus invited us to be branches off his vine, and so he used a couple of images that I want to reflect on with you, thinking about how God works in and through us, and the good news that we can bear fruit for God. First, Jesus used the image of the Father and himself. He Jesus is the true vine, and the Father is the vine grower. He talked about how the Father prunes, how the Father works with the plants to be able to prune away the dead bits, and then the parts that have been fruitful but they're done flowering, you prune those back as well. I have to confess to you that I was rather concerned in using this image because I'm not so good with plants. This poor, sad thing before you was a poinsettia, 
that Ms. Beth Johnson, preschool teacher at Maria Montessori Elementary School through the Rockford Public School System, gave me in December. And I gotta tell you, when she gave it to me, it was gorgeous. It's actually one of the prettiest poinsettias I've had in a while. Beautiful red leaves. <laughs> it was gorgeous. Then after a season, it remained on my counter and I did nothing. Perhaps a very good lesson of how we need vine dressers. <laughs> if you just leave it like this, it's not gonna bear any more fruit, it's not gonna survive, it's not worth much at all. It needs to go in the trash, I haven't quite worked myself up to do that, and then I thought, bring it today for the vine and the branches. We need vine dressers. We need the Father to prune, to work with us, to cut away those parts that don't bear fruit, to empower us to bear more fruit in the parts that have been fruitful. We may not love the experience of pruning, but in the midst of that, more fruit comes. Jesus is the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. But it's also true that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. Jesus is the source, the vine under which the, the life force that God gives us, through which it flows. And then we as disciples branch off that vine together with the vine as our base and all the, and all the branches coming off it. Together we make a beautiful vine, a fruitful vine for our Lord. Something powerful happens as we remain connected to the vine, as the vine gives us energy and direction. And when we fall away from the vine, we can go on our own for a while. Just as this poor poinsettia went on its own for a while, it works for a while. But then not connected to the source or not pruned by the Father, it dies. And after that, it becomes like a dead branch. When I was walking my dog, I skipped over this. This is a branch that fell from one of the trees in my neighborhood. At one point, it was connected to the tree above, and it had beautiful leaves coming off it. And then it died, and it fell off the tree. Are any of you looking for flowers or leaves to come off this? No, of course not. It's not connected to the tree anymore. It can't bear fruit. Jesus invites us to be connected to the vine, to be a branch coming off the vine, and to be very fruitful. So I want to reflect with you on pruning and on fruitfulness. Pruning happens in the midst of the ministries of a congregation through things that work very well, sometimes work very, very well for a season, and then in time through shifts, they die out. As I was reflecting on this, I thought about Wednesday night dinners, and I am thinking of Frank and Betty Dyke and, and Renee Johnson and others who worked in that first season. That was just a gorgeous, flourishing, beautiful, fresh, homemade meals produced here on Wednesday evenings and a lovely fellowship. That was a really good ministry. After a while, the Dykes needed to not do that anymore, and Becky Keith took it over. It became a little bit different, but it flourished in a new way with that new branch through Becky. Then Becky needed to move uh, out to the East Coast to be closer to family. We tried to have it work with a different model with paid staff. It didn't quite work, and the branch died. That's okay. 
That's part of what happens in church life. There are ministries that grow up and flourish for a season, and God uses them, and they're a blessing. And then sometimes things change, and then they die out. Something else happens. The model we have now is much simpler. Um, Now we have the Wednesday night ministry meal that's available. I mean, anyone can come, but it is used primarily by people who come for puppets or choirs before the supper time. Then they can have puppets or choirs at 5, then they have supper time at 5.30, then at 6 they can stay for jam. And this ministry meal is pickup meals carried out from various places, and that's what's working in this season. That ministry has been pruned. It's been shaped in different ways over the season. What we have now works, and what works in this time. I also think about the pruning we experience in the congregation with our staff. Over the years, every congregation has transitions of staff coming in and staff leaving, and God works in the times of those transitions. Uh, Pastor Scott Himmel came to us almost five years ago and came with so many gifts and and so much uh, both ministry skill and ministry potential. Over these five years, you have received him and loved him and nurtured him, and he is a really strong branch. It is time for this strong branch to be pruned off the vine that has been here and to be grafted at a new church where he'll bring all the strengths and all of your love and prayers. And there will be new fruitful ministry in his new place of ministry in Glencoe, and we send him forth with our love and our prayers. There is a pruning, a shifting that the Father carries out. When Scott leaves, what, what will grow up after that will be different. Uh, we have experienced some financial challenges as a congregation, and what we're experiencing is very similar to what the Rockford area is experiencing. There are some financial challenges. And so when Pastor Scott leaves to go to Glencoe, and a little bit later Jenny Thomas leaves as, as director of youth ministry, uh, those two positions will be combined, and we will be receiving Pastor Dan Lee. He'll come July 1st, and he will be associate pastor, but he'll also work with our youth. The position will be a little different. He's not going to be the new Scott. He's going to be Dan. He'll do some of what Scott did. He'll do a lot of what Jenny did. Other, other pieces are being handled differently with volunteers or other staff. This is a pruning, and it's going to hurt a little. So let's just talk about that. It's going to hurt a little in this transition. There's there's going to be some discomfort. You're going to expect Dan to be Scott, and he's not going to have the time to do some of the things Scott did. But I trust that in this pruning, God will bring forth new life. There will be healing and possibilities that will come forth. And some of the things that Scott used to do or has been doing will not be staffed anymore. And we'll have to see whether volunteers step forward in those areas or whether that ministry will die out. And if it dies out, that's probably okay. That happens in churches. New things come up, other things die out. You can't have all branches coming out of the vine or the energies get too too diffuse and they can't all flourish. So we have some pruning ahead. But I know that it is carried out by our God and I know it's going to be okay. That pruning happens as God continues to make that vine beautiful. What is most moving to me in this passage is the invitation and the promise to abide in Jesus. If we abide in Jesus, if we make our home in Jesus, 
Jesus will give us energy and will bring fruit out of our lives, fruit beyond what we can see. We are asking for that fruit in our Breakthrough Prayer Initiative. We are stopping our lives, whether that's whether we're playing piano or you couldn't tell from the video, but I was watching Grant Chester, in case you're wondering what that sound in the background was. You're watching TV or Jolene Eunanks driving to work. We stop and we pray. Our prayer asking God to send the Spirit to break through into our lives, into our church, and into our lives. Who knows how God will work in the midst of this breakthrough season? We are grateful for this invitation to be more connected to God through having these daily times of prayer or twice daily times, 7.07 in the morning, 7.07 in the evening, guided by Matthew 7.7. We want a greater connection with the vine. We want the spirit to break through and bring forth fruit. And we trust, we can trust, that the, spirit, that the fruit will come. I'd like to share with you a story of unexpected fruitfulness. It was shared at the retreat I attended last weekend. Last weekend, I was up at the Siena Center in Racine, Wisconsin, and was led in a retreat by a powerful Catholic laywoman named Paula D'Arcy. Paula D'Arcy is known best for her work in grief. She lived a terrible, terrible loss. When she was 27 years old, she and her husband and two-year-old had driven from Connecticut to Massachusetts to tell her parents that she was three months pregnant with their second child. It was such a joyful trip. As they drove back to Connecticut uh, shortly after leaving her parents' house, their car was struck by a drunk driver, and her husband and her two-year-old were killed. And she found herself 27 years old, widowed, having lost her two-year-old daughter, and pregnant three months, knowing that she would have to deliver in six months and her husband would not be there. She was devastated. And she has written powerful books on grieving that have been a blessing to millions, truly. But through that process of, of coming through grief and living her deep Catholic faith, She has found another ministry, just that ministry of attentiveness, of paying attention to what God does in our lives, those surprises that come as we are connected to God, and trust that God may work in ways that we hadn't expected. She told a story about her trip last summer. She, shortly after her husband's death, she purchased a very small cottage overlooking the ocean out in Massachusetts. And she told about, she does all sorts of speaking and writing. And last summer, she had carved out two weeks. She was going to have two weeks out uh, by the ocean. She was so excited. She had it all figured out. The first week, she was going to stay in town, and she was going to see all her friends. She was going to have this super social catch-up-with-everyone week. So excited. But the second week, she was going to be alone. She couldn't wait to be alone. She was going to sit in her cottage. It was going to be quiet. She was going to look at the ocean and pray and be alone. With all the sociability of retreat ministry, finally God was going to recharge her. She was going to get connected to the vine. So she had her social first week. She went the second week. She went to the cottage and she began her week alone. Except she hadn't been at the cottage very long when this couple came down to visit her. Paul and Marilyn had been angels in her life. When her husband died, Paul and Marilyn cared for her in all sorts of ways. 
Paul was the one who helped her in the legal process of purchasing that small cottage. And Marilyn was the one who traveled with her to her first publisher when her first book was published and she didn't know how to handle any of this. Marilyn went with her to support her. They had been unbelievable friends and supports throughout her life. They were the kind of people who just quietly do kind things for many others. Paul had given loans to various people without interest when finances were tight. And he had helped out with letting people know different tradesmen or just if they needed other help. He, they were incredible resources in this beach community. So here she was about to have her week alone and down come Paul and Marilyn. And she thought, wow, I didn't know they were here. Now, great to see them. They came in, they sat on the back deck. Marilyn had advanced Alzheimer's, and Paula's not even sure that Marilyn recognized her. But Paula took her hand, and Marilyn squeezed back. There was a connection. Paul and Marilyn sat there, and they chatted, and Paul caught, them up on their, caught Paula up on their lives. Paul has esophageal cancer, and he was telling her about treatments. They had a really nice evening together, and they went back up the hill. And Paula thought, that was really nice. I'm so glad that happened. Tomorrow, I get to be alone. Well, the next day, she got up, and she thought she would be alone, and Paul came back down. And Paul brought two ravioli and some sauce. He said, Paula, I can't eat anything anymore with this cancer. Could, could you heat these up for me? She said, sure, Paul. So she went and she heated up the ravioli and the sauce and he ate his two ravioli and he stayed and talked and talked and she listened. And then he went back up the hill. The next day, the same thing happened. The next day, the same thing happened. This whole week that she had imagined would be her week alone, Paul came down the hill and brought his two ravioli and they talked. Finally, on the final night, they stayed up late talking, and Paul spoke of Marilyn and, and her increased diminishment. He spoke of his own cancer and that the treatments weren't going all that well. And uh, Paula was just talking with him about how much he meant in her life. And Paula turned to him and said, Paul, you're a good man. And he said, what? She said, no, Paul... You're a really good man. He said, really? He said, my whole life. He said, when I was a kid, nothing I did was right. Nothing I did was good enough. I've never thought that I was a good man. She said, oh, Paul, you're a good man. And she listed out things he had done for her and for others in the community. And he left and she packed up because it was the end of her week, and she went home. At Christmas, Marilyn died, and in February, Paul died. And she looked back at that week that was supposed to be her week alone, and she praised God. Thank you, God, that I, had, I got to have that week with Paul and Marilyn, this couple that had done so much to me. I thought I needed silence and solitude and you gave me community, and I didn't know I needed it. What a gift she received from those visits from Paul and Marilyn. She talked about how we need to let go of the things we thought we wanted and embrace what God has actually given. 
what God actually gave was precious time, never to be repeated, with Paul and Marilyn. Brothers and sisters, this is what our God does when we are connected to the vine. We are one of the branches spooling off. We're just part of this community. We don't know where the vine is going to lead. We don't know which parts of our lives are going to be fruitful and which parts are going to need to be pruned off because they're dead. We can't tell what things are going to happen. But we can trust that as we remain on that vine, as we are connected to Jesus, the true vine, that there will be flourishing, that there will be fruit, and the fruit are love and mission and kindness to others. God will work through us. God will prune us and tend the vine based in Jesus, branches coming out in love and grace. What a gift it is to be the Christ UMC branch of Jesus' vine. What a gift it is to be together, branches in discipleship, in fellowship, and in love, fed by the vine of Jesus' love and care. Thanks be to God. Amen.